Paris Collins John. You're listening to Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. My name's Matt Boisclair, and it was a frustrating Sunday at lunchtime for us all today. We came away with a point at Crystal Palace, having thrown everything but the kitchen sink at the Palace goal. Definitely two points dropped, but all is not lost as the other results also went our way. We're delighted to be joined by a man who would almost certainly have taken a couple of those chances today to give us the points at Sellers Park, former white centre-forward Collins John. Plus, we've got your regulars, Matt Dom and Baldo, to go over all the action too. So let's go. Fulham. Right, well, first of all, Collins, welcome and thanks very much for joining us. What have you made of Fulham recently? Has the resilience of the side surprised you? Not really, because... Um... Obviously, the result was not really uh, coming for us, but um, I think the spell has always been good. But like you, obviously, everybody can see we, we haven't been clinical in front of goal. I think our open play has been second to none. But yeah, obviously, to get eight from the last four games, I think it's surprising. But you know, on the other end, um, I think it's fully deserved. Yeah, very nice, very nice. And is is that what you put it down to then? Do you put it down to poor finishing or? Obviously, defensively, we, we've vastly improved, but almost, I almost feel like it's creativity that we lack in this side at the moment. But then again, against Crystal Palace today, there were there were a lot of chances. Yeah, look, obviously, we have to go back, I think, because obviously in the Championship, we, we had some great games and obviously sometimes we destroy teams, but Premiership is obviously a different level. And to lose so many games... But coming from the game and thinking you, you had a good game but you can't score, it's always frustrating. So, yes, I agree with you. We create, but it's not like it's not like the chances are very, very big chances. You know, sometimes you need a bit of luck as well, to be honest. So, I think the last four games, especially today, second half, we, we should really get three points for that game. You know, looking back, I think that was our chance today. And uh, we didn't take it. Most of the chances seem to fall to bloody Jockey Anderson as well. Of all players, it's falling to your centre half. <laughs> What's going on? If, you, if, they, if they just fell to Madger or to Mitrovic or I don't know anybody else other than your centre half, then then perhaps I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was where where luck ran out today. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's frustrating because first half you can see both teams was very nervous. Kind of play like not to lose, but second half we should have we should have beaten uh, Palace. Obviously, they had a few chances as well, but the Anderson one, the Marjorie one, the header, there should be a goal to be honest. But again, looking back, maybe a point is, is is good enough. But in the position we're in now, you can't really live with a point. We need we need three points, especially Brighton losing yesterday. Um, obviously, Newcastle drew, so for us it was a good uh, good chance to to get the three points. But obviously, we didn't do it, so. Now we have to do it the hard way and beat uh, Spurs uh, in the midweek. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, let's bring the other lads in. Um, lads, it was a cagey start at Sellers Park where chances were at a premium in the first half an hour. But I did feel like we looked like the more determined side. The BBC commentators spoke about our tempo too. Dom, I'll come to you first. Give me your thoughts on how we started the game. It was all right. I mean, it, it's often the case with us, isn't it, where... I think we're looking to to not go behind and go in level at the break and then step up in the second half, which we did. Um, you just kind of think it would be nice. It'd be nice to get an early goal. <laughs> it would be nice to start a game well, score in the first ten minutes. It, we're, we're we're good at not not getting beaten at the moment, but we'd be really good at not getting beaten if we could just get ahead in the first half early on. I think that's what need what what was needed today, and we we didn't we didn't do well enough in the first half stepped up again in the second half but it, it it sort of felt too little too late didn't it yeah i think that was pretty much the case the first game first half we really saw settling into the game whilst we were trying to work out you know what's still working out but you know as you've said we're good at holding on to leads and not even holding on to leads holding on to you know not conceding it is just the case of at what point do we start to turn the balance into going to more attacking side we saw that in the second half but would we be you know better off rather than leaving it to the second half so once we got through the first 15 minutes or once we got through the first 30 minutes now everything's calmed down now we know what's going on 
now let's push the game forward a little bit rather than having to wait until until the second half or late in the second half where you know we all of a sudden start thinking, oh bloody hell, we've actually got to get something out of this. If we could just turn that attacking mentality on earlier, then we might actually be able to get something. We're, we're just we're just waiting for we seem to need to score that that one chance every time. That's that's my issue. I think Colin's kind of mentioned that earlier. It's we're not creating big chances. We're creating half chances. We had obviously Madge's header today, and I, I'd argue his his shot from the edge of the box was a was a big chance as well. We didn't take either of those, but for all the dominance we had, for all the shots we had, really we didn't test their keeper enough for me. The, the shots were from outside the box, weak efforts, going wide. You expect the keeper to save all save those all the time, and I, I want to see us really creating three, four good chances a game because the chances are you're going to take one or two of them. Just kind of thinking back to um, that Newcastle away game. Collins, I think you played in it and I think you even scored in it, I think, um, when Mark Crossley had that blinder, when I think we won 4-1 yeah, 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 at St. James' yeah, Park. Yeah. And it, it wasn't Steve, that sort Steve of game. Bronk, yeah. yeah, that's right. And then Boa Morse as well. But Mark Crossley played that amazing performance where he just kept everything out. And it... Yeah. it Sort of reminded me a little bit of that today in the sense that we had, it felt like we had that many chances, but we just didn't test the goalkeeper enough. And you've got, you've got to work the goalkeeper, haven't you? There's no good hitting things straight down the goalkeeper's throat. Obviously, the players don't, doesn't do it on purpose, you know, but uh, yeah, listen, I, I think we have to go back a little bit as well. Look, those players, they've been, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say surprised by the, by the performance that they've been putting in lately, but. To, 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 to lose or to draw every single game for the last, I don't know how long. I think we're second, the most drawing team in the league. So for us to take seven points out of three games, going to Everton, win there as well. And have, and to be honest, a lot of players there, they're not very experienced. We have to give that as well, you know, because this, must, this was a must-win game, must-win game, because all the week we were talking about it, you know, we have to win this game. Obviously, me and you spoke about yesterday as well. Uh, we saw uh, um, Brighton losing the game. So, it was a mm. big pressure as well. So, the first time you can clearly see, we were nervous. The game was 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 basically nothing. Second half, obviously, you know, we pushed it on a little bit. You know, we had some chances. And again, for me, if you're an experienced side and you're very at it, you will put his chances away. Especially the margin on the header has to be a goal. And trust me, if if you score that first goal, you win the game because Palace was they were poor today, to be honest. They had nothing. It looks they had like nothing. They, were, they had nothing. It looks like they were just playing for a draw. Actually, they were, they were happy with the draw. So, and if you have to stay up in this division, you have to score. You have to. That that's you know, like you said before, our defensive side has been excellent for the last five six games. So, we need to find a way to score goals. And if if we can't do that, it's going to be very very hard. Well, the closest that Palace came in the first half to scoring was when Joachim Anderson almost steered Andros Townsend's cross into his own goal. Then the same player got his head to a corner and steered it wide up the other end before heading over from close range again from a free kick. Collins, Fulham don't often score from corners, which we always think is surprising given the height that we have in the box. Is there anything you can put this down to as an ex-professional? We keep saying that our defenders and midfield have to help out with goals in a team that doesn't score very often. Well, I don't want to be critic too much because obviously it's my club and I know a lot yeah. of players uh, yeah. in that squad as well. But I think the service has been poor, to be honest, especially today. We have some big players. Tozin is big. Anderson is pretty big boy. Loftus-Cheek. But the, 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 the cross is not good enough, to be honest. They were all very, very low and the, the quality was yeah was not good enough. So, And... Um, and I think that is just, you know, you can ask anybody. If you, if your service is not good enough, it's, it's hard to score. <laughs> it's simple yeah. as that. So, um, and again, especially today, I, I, to be honest, I think it was no, a lot of lot of nervous because uh, seems the players that were very, very nervous coming to the game, big game. The pressure was on. Uh, we spoke about it all week. We need to win against Palace to make a chance because obviously in the next three games is going to be very, very hard. I think it's Spurs, um, is it City and Liverpool, is it? Yeah. yeah. So um, this was our chance to um, to actually breathe a little bit because the next three games are going to be very hard. Yeah, it makes that Spurs game must win now, doesn't it? Really, it's it's not going to be easy. That's for sure. 
Well, um, to be honest, we keep saying we keep saying this is a must-win game, but I know. the position, the the position we are in, we have to win every game for the last four or five weeks. Yeah, well, we've given ourselves half a chance with those wins against Everton and against Sheffield yeah, United. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I said on the last podcast that we recorded, I just want the wins to come as soon as possible. I think probably we're now on twenty-three points after that point today, and maybe thirty-five will do it. So it's only another four. Four wins, isn't it? Out of those twelve games, um, got to get them. We got to get them, and we got to get them as soon as possible. And you just, you just got to hope that the other teams around you keep losing as well. Brighton and and Newcastle, and even Burnley got absolutely hammered. I, I, I would have thought Burnley would have lost to Spurs today, but I wouldn't have expected a four 0 at Spurs. That was that was quite a surprise, especially given how Spurs are playing. But we'll come on to Spurs in a little while anyway. <laughs> Let's look at the second half today then. Baldo, there was an attacking substitution at halftime. On came Anthony Robinson for Ola Aina. Um, right after the start of the second half, Josh Madger had a go at lobbing the keeper from the halfway line. Then Toshin got a header on target, but didn't really trouble the keeper. Then you had that Jockham Anderson volley from the edge of the box. It was a solid start to the second half with some really good chances, wasn't it? It was, it was encouraging. It was, but it goes back to what you were saying earlier. Those are the chances that you want to have fall to your main men. Like that chance with Anderson in the box. I'm sure if Madger had had got the ball, he may have done he may have done a little bit better. Even someone like Robert Loftus Cheek would have done a little bit better. And the only thing that was going through my mind whilst this was going on was I took into account Anderson with the two headers in the first half and then that and then that chance there. I had that little thing in the back of my mind. Does anyone remember and Colin Judah would would have played in this game? Uh, Carlos Bocanegra's last-minute winner against Spurs. It was exactly yeah, I remember the same that. situation. At home, isn't it? Every... It was a yeah, home exactly. game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, was yeah. exactly. But every single corner and every single free kick, Bocanegra was getting on the end of it, and he just had that one chance. He just couldn't get it, and then in the last minute, he did. So that was going through my mind. It was like, watch Anderson for the rest of this game. He's going to get one more chance, and he might get it. Um, sadly, he didn't though. But yeah, it it was just a frust. It was just a very frustrating half, and we've said that they. Defense has to contribute in, in games, and those are the opportunities. If they're not going to get many opportunities because we don't create that many clear cut opportunities, those are the ones you really want fall into your best men. But Don, were you surprised with how much we did create in that second half? I felt like it was one of our best halves of the season without an end product, obviously. But I thought we played really well. Yeah, I was surprised, especially given how how awful the first half was. It, it, at half time, it kind of looked like it was going to be maybe a chance either way for one team, and it would be one nil. But you you couldn't see who was going to win it. And that in that second half, they've 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 got away with it. They really have. We we should have put one of those chances away. And I I, I don't know. There's I feel like I've been saying for a few months now. I reckon Tosin's good for a few goals from corners this season. It doesn't look like it's going to happen, but. But the fact that he he and Anderson seem to be causing trouble in the opposition box, I think I think that's something we really need to work on. Given that we we don't win by many goals, we don't score many goals. If we get a centre back who can who can grab a couple, two or three before the end of the season, that that could be that could be enough for us. And we we win a lot of free kicks and we win quite a few corners. So there's a real chance for that. And I I don't. I can't put my finger on why it's not quite working. I, Colin said, you said earlier, it's it's the delivery, but even so, I think we had a few chances from set pieces today that, and another team probably would have scored. I, I can't quite, I can't quite work out why we're not, we're not quite there. Yeah, it's almost so near yet so far at the moment, isn't it? But Colin's up. Um, go on, go on. Sorry, mate. I just, I just wanted to add. I thought, I thought that Anderson, um, sorry, the Robinson substitution was good. And I think um, I think the Cavalera substitution was was excellent as well, and yeah, that that, that really put us on top of the game. Um, and I guess we'll talk about the other, the other substitution later. And I think that one didn't help us as much, bringing Mitchell on for um, um, for Anguisa. Anguisa. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that was that was the point. Our chance had gone, but um, it, it was good from Scott today. I think he did everything that that he possibly could, apart from stick it in the net himself. Yeah, quite. Collins, I want to bring you back in here and just talk about Josh Madger. It's still very early on in Josh Madger's Fulham career. He's only played uh, three or four games, but as a quick clinical striker yourself, what advice would you offer to Josh Madger, a player who doesn't 
so often appear to impact matches other than to get himself into good positions, waiting to sniff a chance out. What do you think he could do to impose himself more on matches, given that generally we don't create that many clear chances for him? Well, <laughs> normally, uh, if you don't score many goals, you always look at the strikers. But I don't think that is the, I don't think that's the issue right now with Fulham. I, I just think he's, he's, he's more into it. But obviously, he came to the side. He had a great debut. Obviously, he's got two goals against um, against Everton away. Great goals, real striker goal. But you know, apart from that, I think you're kind of right. But I think that's just his style of play. Um, you know, you had many, many strikers in England. Darren Bent he was one of the, one of those strikers as well. People just you know couldn't really think he was that great on the ball, but he always banged goals. So I think every striker is different. You know, I was obviously I was a different type of striker. But um, he's young. I think we have to give him a time as well. You know, obviously he's been he's been in France for the last eighteen months. So, you know, before that he was playing League One football. So, you know, we can't. I think what, how old is he? Twenty one. So, um, you know, I know we as Fulham supporters obviously we want him to do well because he's the striker who came in in January to obviously give us goals. But I don't think it's that easy as that. You know, um, he just has to keep working hard, wait for his chances, and today. He could have put us, uh, uh, I think, the winning goal, obviously with a header, but he didn't. And, I think. Uh, I think the one thing. Sorry, Collins. I think the one thing. I saw a goal coming when um, there was that crossfield pass to Lookman, who crossed it first time, left-footed. I think we could all see what what Lookman was going to do, and I just can't believe Josh Madger hasn't gone. Do you know what? If this goes in first time, I've got a tap in. I, I just I, I, in in the Everton game, he was in that position twice, scored yeah. goals from there, and I, I I thought I think that was the chance. I don't know what what did you, as a striker, what did you what did you make of that one? Yeah, but to be honest, I, I was a different striker because I was all about confidence, and it feels maybe it sounds a bit weird, but normally on a Friday on a Thursday, I just had a good feeling if going to score in the weekend or not. So to be honest, he. he, he I didn't even see him in the game today. I think he had he had a he had a he had a poor game, so I can't I can't really see him scoring. And then, to be honest, when he when he missed a header, and I was like, well, he was not really in the game. Sometimes you need to be in the game. You have to do more, like what Matt said. You need to do more to actually put yourself in a position to score. But yeah, you know, like I said, it was it was not meant to be today for him to score. But surely um, that's his game, I guess. You, you don't really see him in the games, and then you know, you know, he just turns up in the right position and he puts the ball back in the net. But obviously, today uh, he missed the header. Collins, yeah, as Fulham supporters, we we watch games, and you know, we get frustrated. We think, oh God, if, if only we'd have scored that. But as a Fulham supporter <laughs> yourself, and and um, uh, an ex-player, do you get ever get frustrated and think, oh, I would have done this, and I'd have done that differently, and I'd have scored oh, that? Oh, oh, hundred percent. Brilliant. <laughs> that, 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 for me, that header uh, has to be a goal. Yeah. 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 Do you think it was a miss then rather than, do you think it's yeah, a bad it was miss, a miss rather than a good what? save? Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we can't say the goalkeeper had to save because he was straight at it. So he, he, the goalkeeper was just there. I think it was a bad header, to be honest, and it should be a goal. But again, you know, not not to uh, be critical about the boys. Twenty one. He came from obviously for France. He hasn't played this year too many many games. And I know as a striker, you need confidence to actually put the ball back in the net. And to be honest, today he was quiet. He, he had his game today. So obviously, um, in the midweek, of hopefully he can he can prove all so wrong. Well, it was good to see that we were playing really well and really going for it. Alexander Mitrovic came on for Angisa with seventeen minutes left, and as we went all out to get the points. It, it didn't really help us that substitution, as Matt Dom said. Baldo, it deflated our momentum almost bringing Mitro on, didn't it? It did, absolutely that. And you know, I've been critical of Scott Parker in recent weeks about his use of substitutions. I think it was up at Burnley, where I said there were three like-for-like substitutions. It was a full-back for a full-back, a winger for a winger, and a centre-mid for a centre-mid, or something along those lines. It wasn't really attacking substitution. So I don't want to you know, criticise it too much, because this was an attacking substitution, you know, a midfielder for a centre-forward. But knowing what Anguissa brings to the team and his drives through midfield and his opportunity to bring other players into the game, I just felt that was probably the wrong substitution to make. I think if you're going to throw Mitrovic on, absolutely fine, go for it. But... Of the options that you could have taken off the pitch, I just think there were probably 
bet there were better options for you for you to for you to do that rather rather than Engiza, who has arguably been they're a player, but arguably been one of our best players this season. Even the commentator said that taking Anguissa off almost harmed us because it almost let Palace in, didn't it? They they did have some good attacking play after that, and it did it did really stifle us. So, but I was the first one that w- was kind of calling for Alexander Mitrovic. You know, we're creating all these chances. Let's get our finisher on. Let's get him. Let's get him into the game. And it it almost upset the balance bringing him on, didn't it? So it's it's so it's so delicate and it's such fine lines that. I almost felt like we were going to lose that game as um, as the last 10 minutes were playing out. I, I could just see them nicking it, which would have been a complete and utter disaster. Um, but we did rally towards the end. We did have a couple more good opportunities. But really, Dom, two points dropped, isn't it, in the grand scheme of things? It's it's not a great result for us, is it? We needed to win that. We did. We did. It, it is two points dropped because, because they were so bad and they have been so bad. I said... I've got I've got a mate a good mate who supports Palace and I said to him, if you play as bad as you played against Brighton, then then I think we'll take it because you can't possibly win that game two games running where you just you just haven't been in it at all. And it turns out they've they've got away with it again. Um yeah, it's it's a bad result. I think any draw, whoever it's against at this point, is doesn't do us any favours. We need wins. Um and you'd, you'd you'd give up a couple of couple of these draws for defeats if you can turn a couple of them into wins, and that's that's really what's going to make the difference. Um, we'll see. We we tend to play pretty well against the, the better teams in the league, so we'll, we'll see. I don't think we'll lose the next three. Um, if we win one of those three, I think we I think we're still in in with a good shout. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was saying this in the chat afterwards. I think the only it, it was a bad result. I think it must win game two, but but I think. The fact that Newcastle only drew yesterday and the fact that the gap to them as a result of at the end of this weekend hasn't increased. The fact that we're basically back to square one, as it was. You know, we, we came into the weekend three points behind them. We're leaving it three points behind them. It's not a total disaster. Like, if we'd have lost the game, then you're thinking, right, four points, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that you've got to win You've got to win a game in hand against them, and then you you know you back yourself on the final day of the season, which everyone is talking about. Whereas it now it is still to a degree within our hands. Uh, if we just match Newcastle's results to wait to the last game of the season, then you know it's us it's us in the final game. So it's not a total disaster. Yes, a win would have been better, but I don't want anyone to start you know being too negative over it because there is still that little chink of positivity to come out of it yeah I think I think that's fair I think there's still 36 points to play for at the end of the day aren't there this season so there's there's still a lot of football to be played but like I said earlier in the show and and the other day as well I just want the I want the wins to come as soon as possible so we can relax and it would be nice nice to go into the last few games being safe wouldn't it rather than having that final day showdown which seems like it's going to be inevitable at the moment um just before we Sorry, mate. It's, it's it's funny that that last game showdown when 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 we were ten points behind, which was only two weeks ago, we were all saying we would take having to beat Newcastle on the last day to survive as a, as mm. one hell of a result. Yeah. And now now the fact that we're saying, oh, it'd be nice if we were ahead of them by that point, so that we it was them having to beat us rather than the other way around. Mm. I, I think that shows how how far we've come in the last two weeks. So. There, there have yeah. been must-win games in those two weeks, and and we we've won a couple of them. And I think, I think, I think we're still in with a really good shout. I don't even think it's the last couple of weeks. We've been playing well for a long time. We're unbeaten in seven away games, which is unprecedented. Yeah. Fulham are, are resoundingly shit away from home in the Premier League, <laughs> and we have been for years and years and years, even dating back to Collins' time and before that. But there was just this stigma with the, winning away from home, wasn't there? We were just dreadful at it. But look, we've got a couple of away wins this season. We're unbeaten in seven. We are a good side, but there's only so much time left of this season yeah. and we need points. We can't just, you know, we, we can't rely on a reputation um, uh, for, for getting ourselves out of this. So anyway, I, before before we wrap up this game, I just wanted to come back to you, Collins, really quickly and, and just ask you, when you watch this, this team play, who are the stars in this side? And is there anyone that you would have liked to have played with from this side during your time at Fulham? Um, 
obviously you guys might think it's going to be an attacking player, but I've been in love with one player, Dyson Harrison Reed. He's been unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, it's a long time I've seen somebody really, really um, show his skills for the last four or five games or so. Obviously, Lukman had a good season. Somebody said Angiza just now, but I kind of miss urgency with Angiza. You know, he's nice and well, has a good passes, but it's not really, he doesn't really have to drive. But Harrison Reed, he's really surprised me for the last couple of weeks. And to be honest, what I just said, I think uh, Lukman has been, he's been sensational this year for us. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, well, I'll, I'll come straight back to you then. Who would you say was your full and man of the match from this game, Collins? Reed. Yeah, Harrison Reed. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. yeah, especially second half, he was unbelievable. He was everywhere. If you can remember the tackle he made, uh, I think the last five minutes, the, the you know the the the, the bursting back, the sprints. I mean that little chip over in the midfield over one player at the Palace. I mean he's been he's been unbelievable. I mean he's been very good. Nice. All right. Um, how about for you, Baldo? Yeah, I'd go. I'd go for the same. I think Harrison Reed, you know, dominated the midfield, did a fantastic job. I would just like to point out, though, you know, these um Budweiser King of the Match things that has been going around on social media. Guess who won it today? It was Ariola. <laughs> was man of the match. It was apparently it was man of the match according to the Budweiser. I think it's through fantasy football and the points you get from that. But for some reason, Ariola won man of the match from them. Did Ariola touch the ball once? I don't remember him. Save save an own goal and that's it. Yeah, that's (laughs) it. Exactly. Good grief. Good grief. All right. Uh, How about To be honest, I think Cavalero Cavalero came on uh, very well. He was sharp. He was bright. Hmm. Remember that? Obviously, he was was the guy who gave the ball to to Marja, obviously with a header. So he he was bright as well when he came on. He had a great game. Yeah, that, and it's good that you point that out as well because we're very quick to criticise Cavalero because he's not a centre-forward <laughs> and, and he's he's been playing that centre-forward role for a, for a lot of this season and we're very critical of the fact that, you know, he, he misses a lot of chances and it's it's not his position, to be fair. But when he's played in position, he came on today and looked excellent and that, that first ball that he played in almost with his first touch, wasn't it? It was a great ball. Yeah, almost great almost ball. got us the points. Almost got us the points. It's a, so, yeah. it's a great ball. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dom, what about you? Man of the match for you, mate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Ariola is obviously he's been man of the match <laughs> a good eight times for us, I reckon, this season. Yeah. But today wasn't one of them. Um, I was, I was looking at Loftus Cheek. I thought if he'd have grabbed himself a goal, he could have done it because he could have been man of the match because he, he he had a really good game and I think he's had a lot of good games recently. Um, for me, it's Anderson. I know, I know, Palace didn't offer much going forward, but. He was he was winning headers in our box. He was winning headers in their box. He was driving us forward. He was captaining the team. He was so close to scoring on a couple of occasions. That that free kick. He was everywhere. I think um, for me, he 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 was a big part of the reason why they had no chance whatsoever. And it's just a shame that we we couldn't have um, capitalised at the other end for him. Um, I, I think yeah, Joachim Anderson for me. That free kick's on target is in the back of the net as well, isn't it? Because the really clever. wrong footed, wrong footed yeah. the keeper. It's yeah. uh, we kind of said, Here comes Alfie Mawson, didn't we? Do you remember the Alfie <laughs> Mawson free kick when Alfie Mawson had a free kick at the cottage last year and sent it, sent it up to Rose Ed in, in the Hammersmith end? Um, but it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 unusual to see a centre half take a free kick, but it, it wasn't a bad effort and it went far off either. All right, let's come on to a Scott Parker rating then. So, Collins, we uh, we give Scott Parker a rating out of 10 each week for his performance as manager. And I won't ask you to rate Scott Parker because I know you're friends with him. So, I'll ask the other two lads. Uh, Baldo, I'll come to you first for, for your Scott Parker rating. I think I think it was a seven. I think the way he set up everything, I, we've made this point numerous times over, over the course of the season. There is... There, there does come a point where you have to rely on the players to do the job that you that Parker sets them up to do, and they did well today. Obviously, it could have been better. He does get a few points taken off just for his substitutions, as we mentioned with Angisa uh, for Mitrovic earlier. So he gets points knocked off for that. But again, at the end of the day, look at the performance on the pitch. There wasn't really much more that you know. It's not a system thing or a tactics thing that we didn't get any points. It was just an off day. It was an off day in front of goal. So you can't blame him for that. Seven. 
Yeah, I, I, for the same reasons as you, really, but I'd, I'd give him an eight. I thought he, he didn't really do too badly at all, apart from that Mitrovic substitution, which just sucked the life out of us at the end. Otherwise, I thought the, the substitutions at half-time and just after half-time with, with Caviero, particularly, um, really drove us on. And we were we were so close to getting that winner. And as you say, you, you, can't, you can't blame Parker for the personnel missing chances. How about you, Dom? Yeah, I think it's an eight as well. It's about as good as it could be without without getting the three points. I think. Yeah. Um, little bit of criticism that we we were a bit sluggish in the first half, and we know that's the way Scott likes us to play to keep it to keep it tight and not go behind and then then press on. Um, I thought they were there for the taking for the taking right from the start, and I'd like like to have seen a start a bit quicker. But apart from that, those two subs were excellent. They weren't the subs I was expecting, um, and. So, so you know, he exceeded my expectations there. I can't blame him too much for trying to to get another striker on, and it he it, it wasn't. I don't think you could really see that we we would have got flat after that. Um, so, yeah, it, it was decent from him, and I and you could see how much he he really really wanted that win at the end. He was gutted at the at the result. Um, so he's he's given us everything. So yeah, good good score for him. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's have a look at the next game then. And it's Tottenham at home next. Fulham. Right, guys. So it's Tottenham at home on Thursday evening. Um, it's it's must win again, isn't it? What do you think, Dom? Uh, I'm uh, no. It's not. It's not must win because it's Spurs. You can't. I don't think you can put that label on. Yeah, but we, haven't, who... we haven't won the must-win one today. That's the point. We haven't beaten well, the team around us. You're, so you're now right. it kind of has a knock-on effect to the next game, doesn't it? You're right. You're right. Because we were saying the other day, weren't we, what, what you take from these next two games. Mm. And it was three or four points. And in order to get three or four points, now we've got to win. But um, it's it's not as easy as that, is it? I don't think. <laughs> if you get a draw against Spurs, you've got you've got to think that's a that's a decent result. but at the same time, you've you've dropped two points again, and when you really need to win, so let's see. They they were they were unbelievable today. So um, I'm not about I'm not about to turn around and say we need to beat them because Bale, Kane, Son up front. <laughs> That's yeah. a test for our defence, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. But oh, it's it's just one of those it's it's one of those games now, isn't it? Where you we're just running out of we're running out of time. And all right, well, maybe we'll we'll it'll get to the last five, six, seven, eight games, and then we'll start picking up points again. But having got this momentum of not losing in the last few weeks, to have these three games in front of us now, and not to pick up any points would would just be a real a real pain in the ass, wouldn't it, Baldo? It would, yeah. And just on the subject of you know whether or not it's a must win or anything, I think it pretty much comes across as a must not lose, if anything. Yeah. Because I've just looked at who because Newcastle, Newcastle United's next game um is West Bromwich Albion away. So you think if we're going back to you know how can we keep in touch with Newcastle United, I honestly that that game could go either way. And it could be a Newcastle win. You just don't know. They they've had some weird results this season so you just never know but i think we just need we need to keep as close to newcastle as we possibly can so even if so hopefully a draw but on another point even if we do lose i think it's important that we don't let the goal difference yeah like like we saw with burnley today and we talked about how their goal difference is going to take an absolute shelling as a result we at the moment have got six i think it is just yeah just looking at the table here we're on minus 11, they're on minus 17. The one thing we have on them is goal difference. Over the next couple of games, if we do lose, we can't be thrashed because we've got that as our little you know, bonus point in our back pocket. So we have to make sure that that stays intact as best we can. Even if, you know, even, even against a side like Spurs, we don't want to do what Burnley did today, for instance. I can't see it, though. I, I really can't see... I can't see us losing the next three in a row. Can't you? Just... Just by the virtue of how how solid we've been defensively. I mean, even against the better teams, City beat us 2-0, but we were well in the game. We drew against Spurs. We, we were well in the game against United. Um, Liverpool, we got a point against. 
I don't think I don't think any team's going to beat us easily. And any given three games playing like that, I think I think we're worth we're worth a point or or three out of these games personally. But you know, I might be might be just being optimistic. What do you think, Collins? Three three big games for us: Tottenham, Tottenham at home, Liverpool away, Man City at home. To me, it looks like three potential defeats. I think one of the things has been said just now. I think Thursday is not a, you can't we you can't lose that game. And I understand what you are coming from. We have to win because we didn't win today. But you know you have to put in the concern as well. You're playing Spurs, who's Mourinho's a little bit under pressure, to be honest. Um, he needed that four win, uh, four nil uh, win today. So, you know, it's going to be a tough game beating Spurs at home. So I agree. I think it's not must win game, but you can't lose that game basically. So, and then obviously you got Liverpool who's been struggling for the last couple of weeks. They can't lose that game either. So I think we we you know we come against two sides. It's going to be very, very difficult to get points. But to be honest, we're going back again, what we've been speaking for the last couple of weeks. We need to be clinical in front of the goal because when you get chances against those those clubs, you have to put them away because if you, if you don't, we can't just be aligned on the defence every single week and be like, well, we, we, you know, we had a great game. Anderson had a great game. As, you know, as a team, you have to put the chances away. And if you don't do that, well, you're going to get punished one, one day. So... I'm a bit nervous about that. That's the only concern I have because every single game, it doesn't matter who we play against. We, we you know, we, we we can match them. You know, we we don't we don't. It doesn't look like you know the the level is pretty big. But again, football is about putting the ball back in the net. If you can't do that, you're gonna lose games. So that's the only bit I'm kind of like I'm not so sure about. But let's see. You know, the ball is still around, and uh, you never know. But it's gonna be a tough game. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. We're, we're going to come on to talk about the lineup against Spurs and who who we choose to to play against Spurs in just a moment. But just before we started recording a minute ago, Collins, we were we were talking about the midfielders that were playing for Fulham during your time at the club and the creative yeah. midfielders particularly. Who were the players that you were hoping would be on the team sheet when you were playing up front that were going to create those opportunities for you? Um, you mean us in now or back in the days? I oh, know back in the day when when you were playing back back in your well, time. I still speak to him now. Um, he's uh, Klaus Jensen. He was. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people say he couldn't run, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> when that guy had the ball in his feet, man, you can make any run. It looks like mm. he had a eyes back of his head. I mean, he can pass. Yeah. He can give you any pass you want, and obviously Steve Marbron, he was unbelievable. I mean. Just in training with him, you know, some passes he gave me in training was just like, really? How, how can you see me? How can you see me making that run? So I think I would pick them two, to be honest. I think they, them two was just a pleasure to play against, of uh, with. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine as a striker, just and that's what we need now. We 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 had a, a conversation on one of the podcasts recently about what player would you bring back from a previous time, a previous Fulham era. Um, to to kind of give us a better chance of surviving this season, and we said Louis Saha, Steve Malbronk, and Danny Murphy, and those sorts of players that can unlock defenses. We've got people who can finish, but it's just it's just unlocking the defenses and, and creating those opportunities at the moment. There's, there seems to be yeah. a real problem. Great name, by the way, Louis Bo- Louis because he had everything. He had power. He had pace. He was mm. ruthless. He can score a goal. You know, he was a great example of just you know really. I think that's what Fulham is missing right now. That that guy we press him with pace and we just raw, just raw pace and, and and strength. And like you said, he had some skills as well. So, yeah, that would be a great addition at the moment for Fulham at the yeah, at the, the same time. Boa Morse is a Fulham great. He's a he's a proper legend. He's he's yeah. Fulham elite, isn't he? Boa Morse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely super. Absolutely super. I'll tell, well. tell you what, there must have been a few defences back in those days worried with the pace of Boa Morte down the wing, creativity of. Uh, Malbronk down the right, and then the pace of John up front. There must have been a few worried defenses back in those days. <laughs> I remember uh, Cookie always used to say us, you know, like every every team we play against, you know, they they must be terrified of because you know you guys were so strong and big, and obviously Steve with his dribble and his and his passing. So yeah, it was a pleasure to play with this uh, with those guys because you know, like I said, for a strike, it makes it easier to to put your chances away, and because you always get chances, you always know. 
one one time of uh, in the game you're gonna get the, the ball. And um, yeah, I was lucky enough to um, to make that with them. And by the way, we've got Collins John on the show here. Collins John never relegated as a Fulham player. These days, <laughs> these days, Fulham just go down all the time. Whenever we get in the Premier League, we 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 go yeah. down and. So yeah, it's you know, we're absolutely privileged. So thanks again for joining us, Collins. I mean, I mean, Frenchie, are you hinting something? We do have that free agent spot because we've only registered twenty-four players. Are you trying to? Are you trying to hit me? Get Collins out of retirement? Get him Colin, back. He could you? do a job. What are you, Collins? Thirty-five. Yeah, thirty-five. Yeah. yeah. Get him in. Get him in. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> at, least, at least on the bench for sure. <laughs> nice one. All right. Well, let, let's come on to the lineup prediction then. Dom, any changes that you'd make to to the lineup at Palace for Spurs? Yeah, I think I think Cavalera is worthy of a start. Uh, playing him on the right because he he came on and we created chances and that wasn't a coincidence. Um, we're going to need that that ability to get the get the cross in. Uh, I think I think Mitro. Uh, he came on, he wasn't very good. But I think that was more to do with the fact that he didn't really know how to how to play with Madger. They they didn't really they didn't really click. Mitro up front on his own, Cavalero on the right, and I'd probably leave the rest as it is, to be honest. Um maybe start Robbins in the left back, because I thought apart from his uh, we we've spoken about the fact he's not great with his cross, but Anderson, uh, sorry, um, oh, what's his name? The Palace T- Townsend. He had he had a lot of joy in the first half. Second half didn't see him at all, and I think that was really down to um, Robinson. I think he's he's really solid defensively. So maybe those three changes for me. Fair enough. How about you, Baldo? Any any disagreements there? Uh, no, no major disagreements. I think Robinson is a good shout. I think also because when you factor in the pace that Tottenham have when they're breaking, because you expect if it's anything like they had today, you know, Son, uh, Son Hyun Min, Gareth Bale, Lucas Moura, Harry Kane, those lot can break on you fast. So we need pace in the defence as much as we can. And that's why Anthony Robinson, you know, comes into his own. So of the three changes, I, I agree with with those three changes. But if we only had to see one of them, I think Robertson's probably priority on that side. How about you, Collins? Any any disagreements there? Anybody else that you bring in? Yeah, I think I will put Robinson on the left hand side, and I'll probably go with um, with Lamina in the midfield yeah. for Ragnitsa. Okay, just just a bit more presence and, and legs, and he can cover more grounds. I, I feel like Giza is a more is a more like a, you know more like a control control kind of a player. If you have a lot of ball, ball position, you can you can use Giza. But I think it sounds a bit weird, but I think um, Tottenham is going to break on a counter attack. So you need someone who can really defend back. And I think uh, Lamina got more legs. Cool. All right. Thanks, Collins. All right. I think that sorry, I think that's quite a good quite a good shout because I always feel. When it's reading and Gisa Reed does a bit more of the defensive work, but when we saw when we saw him play against Everton, for example, he was he was everywhere. He was he was the playmaker. He he was running all over the shop. He was more advanced, and I think he's really good there. And I think that will be really handy when we're attacking at pace, having Reed zipping about and and pinging the ball about. I think I think that's probably a good shout. Um, Lamina does a bit more of the defensive work doesn't he when it's the two of them yeah exactly that's the only well, this... change I will make I think everybody else will just be in the team alright lovely stuff well there's some other big games this week actually on Wednesday it's Burnley Leicester and then at the same time as our game West Brom are playing Everton on Thursday so I just wanted to really quickly go round to each of you and get your predictions for, for these games so Burnley Leicester what do you reckon Collins Big win for Leicester, away win. Mm, Leicester will get a win, yeah. Probably 2-0. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Dom? One all, I think. Do you? I, do think I think Burnley will scab a result because they, they always do, eventually. And they quite often come back mm. from a heavy defeat with a, with a Leicester, good result. Leicester got game. hammered today, you know. Leicester That's got hammered today by, 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 by the Gunners. So I think they will bounce back. But, you know, let's see. I think they're going to win. 
so I think a draw as well because I think Leicester that's two bad results on the spin for them as well because they got knocked out by Slavia Prague yeah. on Thursday. Yeah, so right. it's a case of, and you know, this is where you start to think for Leicester after the problems they had last year, not qualifying for the Champions League. Right, is it starting to happen again? I think Burnley are going to be thinking about that. And but don't tap more, not a good place to go. So you think that's why I think a draw sounds about right. All right, and then West Brom Everton, Dom. So it's three big games for West Brom at home this week, isn't it? That's what they kept saying on telly yesterday. It's yeah. uh, that game against Brighton yesterday. Then they've got this Everton game and then they've got Newcastle at the weekend as well. So it's three big home games for them that will really define their season. So yeah. Everton going to beat them? I think I think Everton take that 1-0. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. How about you, Bulldog? That, that's, more, that's more out of hope than any kind of, yeah. any kind of logic. Yeah. But... I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure about one nil, but I do think Everton win that game handsomely at least. Let's let's be honest though, West Brom should have lost that Brighton game. How they didn't lose that game? I mean, let, let's let's. I mean, Collins, if you're taking that, you saw the game yesterday, right? You saw um, you saw West yeah, Brom yeah, saw against game, Brighton. Right. If you're taking yeah. that free kick and the referee's blown his whistle, and then he disallows it, and then the whole kerfuffle that happened after that, how frustrated are you? That's that it is ridiculous. Yeah, isn't it? I, to be honest, uh, I, I fully understand the Brighton players. The, 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 they were going mad. They just yeah. couldn't believe what was happening. So. Especially me with my emotions, you know, I, I would go crazy <laughs> because <laughs> that was that was the most ridiculous decision I've seen ever. Mm. But um, completely yeah, bizarre. The, completely you know, bizarre. I mean, the, uh, to be honest, hearing what Donk said after the game as well, like the referee was saying, he got whis- he got whisperer from uh, from the VAR saying, you know, it wasn't a goal or something. I was just like, well. At least just come out for it and say, you know, I made a mistake. But mm. some of the decision and the referee just keep holding this not their mistake. I just can't get my my head around it. It's just it just sounds funny. It was very very odd. And as I say, yeah. Brighton should have got something from that game, but it's good that they didn't because we've we've you know they're they're still within range of us. So that's that's all good. Um, what do you think, Collins? West Brom versus Everton. <sighs> I I will always hope for West Brom to lose points, but West Brom is a weird team. I mean, did did they draw at home against Man United one one? Is that right? Yeah, they did. Two weeks um, ago. Yeah, they. Yeah, they, they did. did didn't they? I think. Yeah, I think they did. I think they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they you're right. All. I think it's yeah. going to be a draw. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't hope so because obviously I want them to lose, but something about West Brom at home is just like, you never know what you're going to get from them. It's a weird team. It's a very weird team. But I, I still think they're going to go down, though. They're, they're, for me, they're, yeah. they're finished. Yeah, I think the only three teams who got, who got a chance to stay up is Fulham, uh, Newcastle, and Brighton. Yeah, it yeah, does feel like that. It does feel like that yeah. at the moment, doesn't it? If, we, if, we're worried, <laughs> yeah. if we're worried about West Brom at any point, then we're in trouble, aren't we? Let's face yeah. it. <laughs> we don't want to be looking over our shoulders. We want to be looking no, up and no, seeing who we're going to catch. That's a great point. If, if we worry about West Brom, then we're, we're in trouble. Yeah, no, completely great, fair enough. Point. Yeah, it's a great point. All right, I'm just going to come on to the Spurs stats really quickly. Stato's prepared a stats file, so I'm just going to pull out some highlights of this. Um Spurs have got 1.6 points per game this season, which is slightly better than their 1.5 from last season. They're scoring exactly the same amount of goals per game this season, 1.6 as they were last season. And they are conceding slightly less, 1.1 to 1.2. Clean sheets last season, they kept in 21% of their games. And this season, they've kept clean sheets in 32% of their games. So, we're really going to have to. We're really going to have to go for it uh, if we're going to score against them. And uh, let's be honest, our home form this season has been dreadful, hasn't it? Well, two wins so far. We need to start picking up points at home. I know we haven't got any supporters in the ground, but even still, it's, it doesn't make for good reading. Um, Spurs started the season very strongly. They went eleven games unbeaten, but they stuttered a bit since the start of the new year. They've had only four wins in 10 since the start of January, which we say only four wins in 10. We've only had four wins all season. But anyway, they lost five, including three losses on the bounce in late January. 
They scored 21 goals at home and 20 away. Um, let's look at their player stats. Um, their club captain goalkeeper, Hugo Lloris, has played every minute of the Premier League so far for them. He's made 48 saves from shots within the penalty box, the fifth best in the Premier League. Ariola is just behind him in sixth. In defence, they've got England international Eric Dyer, who's been their most consistent performer this season. Um, he's made 21 appearances. He's ranked seventh that's in the league. Enough, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's um, Spanish fullback Sergio Reguilón has also had an impressive first season in England. He's an attacking left back who's got three assists. And of course, in attack, they've got Harry Kane, who's got 14 goals this season and 11 assists. And just behind him is Son Hyung Min, who's got 13 goals and eight assists. They're prolific between them, those two. So we know all about how, how good they are and we know how well we're going to have to defend if we're, if we're going to get anything out of the game. So let's come on to a score prediction to, to wrap this up then. Baldo, I'll come to you first. What do you think? I'll be, I'll be brutally honest, and I sort of hinted at this earlier on. I, I can't see as, as much as it is a must win or a must not lose. I just can't see us winning this one. I think it will be, you know, rinse and repeat what we're usually like against the, the bigger sides. We'll put in a decent, you know, a decent defensive performance, but there'll just be that one moment of talent, that one moment of skill that will, that will unlock us. You know, that Sun Kane partnership will do something. And I, I think it's probably going to be a one nil win to Spurs if I'm being brutally honest. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's that's too harsh to be honest. How about you, Dom? I think I think we'll go ahead and then maybe late on or in the second half. I think they'll much like the Liverpool game, they'll just start to to, to take control of it and probably will equalise one all which, again, doesn't do us a lot of good, but it's probably a decent result, all things considered. I don't see us losing. I really don't. How about you, Collins? Did you ever score against Spurs? Must have done. No, never, never. I hated it, but um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What do you reckon? What do you reckon this one, then? We're going to win this one. I'm just just nervous, like like I just said before. (laughs) Jose Mourinho is such a big pressure right now because he's been absolutely dreadful for the last couple of weeks. Obviously, I know they went through with Europa League and obviously they had a good win today, but he can't he can't lose many more matches, I reckon. So for him, it's going to be a big game on Thursday. So I, I just think if we get a draw, it's a great result for us. I can't see we win that game. So I will go for 1-1. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a draw as well. I really do. I'll, I'll go one all as well. I, I, I do think we're going to score, though. I do think we're going to score. Yeah, I think I we're going so. to score for sure. Yeah, we're going to. He's going to be toasting time. You'll see. Head up. Yeah, he's going to get one. He's going to get one before the end of the season, isn't he? He's, he's yeah, got. He he's on the on the end of so much. He's got to get a goal. Got to get a goal. All right, guys. Well, that's your lot for this week. Collins, thanks ever so much for taking the time to join us this evening. Come on again. Absolutely. I loved it. Perfect. Baldo and Dom, thanks to you as always and for everyone for listening at home. We'll be back on Friday this week with all your Spurs reaction and we'll also look ahead to the Liverpool game next weekend. Speak to you then. Cheers. Cheers.